Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Peter Beardsley being in touch. I see. Do you want me to do it? Do you want me to actually do it? I, I, I do. All right, Bob. I'm still at home, you know, after the trouble with the foreign lads, like, you know. I've been watching that fishing show, you know, that you've done on catch-up, like, when the wife's asleep, you know. And it reminded me of when I went fishing with the wife last year at Warkworth Castle at Warkworth it was like one you know those days like where it's like cold and crisp and that people quite like them days and and Warkworth is in a very exposed spot you know the wife had to wear a bubblegum coloured hat and mittens you know a couple of fleeces purple as I remember and the ski trousers she bought from Lidl I had not, at this point, purchased my puffer puffer jacket. Dog did. It would have come in very handy. So the wife settled in on the riverbank, like, you know, and there was a nice slope with a dip in it. I lined it with a couple of picnic blankets, you know, and put my coat over her, and she was soon off to sleep. For an hour or so, I had a nice fish and I got lost in my surroundings. I stared at me float, then I had a good old stare at a piece of blue plastic trapped on a branch of an opposite tree. It had some writing on it and although I can't be sure, I think it may well have been from a bag of chlorine pellets. Suddenly, the wife woke up with a jolt. Where the fuck am I? That's the fucking river. Jesus, I've cricked me fucking neck. Why didn't you sort me out a pillar, you fucking useless dial? I'm sorry that you've cricked your neck, Rose, and I'm sorry that I didn't provide a pillow. I'm well aware that the two things are intimately connected, you know, so... Let me help you up, love. Take your fucking slippery little fingers off me, you fucking slack bastard, and fetch me a couple of hard boilers. I am fucking starving. So I went to my bait box and I fetched her a couple of Scotch eggs that I'd brought along. What the fuck is this nonsense? Scottish fucking eggs? Has your tiny little fucking mind soiled up like... 
Well, I didn't have time to cook any this morning, love, and there is a boiler in the centre of the Scotch egg. You fucking dozy fucking clown. The boiler inside a Scotch is just a sweaty fucking prisoner trapped in a cage of cheap Scottish fucking meat. It's lost all its fucking clout. I'd rather eat a fucking dog egg. <laughs> then she threw a Scotch egg in the river and stormed off back to the car, you know. She said, you got five minutes to pack up and take me to the services where I'll make do with a four plate of poaches. I sometimes think you don't give a fuck about me, she said. <laughs> well, I've said that I loved her very much, actually, but I don't think that she heard me, you know. So I reeled me line in, and then I had a thought. I pinched a bit of the meat off the remaining scotch egg and put it on my hook. And I caught a five-pound chub very first catch. So, you know, as I say, Bob, right, really, every cloud, you know, every cloud has a lining of some sort, so that was nice. I haven't got my joke book with me, Bob, so I'm going to do a couple of jokes, what I can remember in my mind, like... I used to play the triangle in a reggae band, but I left because it was just one thing after another. (laughs) I tried to explain to my four-year-old that it's perfectly normal to shit your pants, but he's still making fun of me, though. (laughs) Doctor, have you got anything for excessive wind? And he gave me a kite. <laughs> <laughs> See, Bob. One Peter Beardsley. There's only one Peter Beardsley. One Peter Beardsley. See, Bob. So, Peter. <sighs> nice mm. little trip he had, that, innit? Yeah. Um, has his wife been to Sheldon? I know, I'm she sorry. She picked up a bit of the accent. She, well, she, have, she might have relatives there she's been visiting. I do have trouble Who with knows? her accent. Yeah, fuck, I don't know. I don't know. I've got this long story, Andrew. Do you want to do it now and get it out of the way? Go on then. So, um, I had to go up to Stockton on tees for, yeah, for the uh, Alderman's annual summer fete. Listen to that, boys and girls. He, it's in this like, big manor house. Just outside Stockton, has got you know large. Does he cook your dinner for you? Is it like open house? N- no, it's not. It's much posher than that, Andrew. So I'm glad. Yeah. So imagine open house. This place you used to go to. Went once. Yeah, where they f- I'm sure they stole your property, went through your phones and everything. Just hand your coat in, sir. Um, I had to go to Stockton. He's got his summer fair, big manor house, big gardens, posh restaurant. Chef from Cape Town. Um, got a spa. You know, you know they have a spa area. I'm talking posh, beautiful place, yeah. Yeah. Um, and out in the grounds for the for the fate, there's a bouncy castle, coconut shy, as an owl handler, um, shire horses, balloon magic. So I'll just ask you, which would you have got? Which one of them are you drawn to? Coconut shy, bouncy castle, shire horse, owl handler. How close together was the owl handling and the balloon magic? Um, because that sounds like a recipe for disaster. They weren't that close. That's all right. In then. fact, in fact, the the owl handler was quite a peripheral figure. I would. 
I would go for the owl. I always go for the danger. Okay. So, ladies and gentlemen, imagine little Andy <coughs> sat there staring at the owl, yep. asking questions. Where do you get the owl? How much did the owl cost? What does it eat? <laughs> Where do you get the mice from that does you feed it? sleep it? lying down? <laughs> How often does it blink? So, a big, but the main thing is a big marquee serving drinks, sandwiches, cakes, that sort of thing, Andrew. Right. right? So, I make my way up to the big tent, and there by the bar is the alderman with all his cronies, town clerk, Ooh. vicar with the twitch, town planner, all that lot, yeah? And he sees me straight away. Robert! 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 Come over here, Robert! There's someone I want you to meet, Robert. <coughs> so over I go, you know, as you would. Robert, this is Mr Peter Beardsley, Robert, <laughs> the footballer and his lovely wife, Robert. So I say, oh, hello, Peter. So, wow, it's how nice to finally meet you. You know, He says, all oh, right, uh, Bob, are you having the you've, night? You've, you've, you've met him before. You met him at St James's Park in an earlier episode. Did I? Yeah. Oh, Peter, how nice to meet you again. <coughs> yeah? There you go, that's better. All right, Bob, yeah, yeah, having a nice time, you know, I am, like, you know. You've got a uh, bouncy castle and an owl that hoots. I said, yeah, Peter, I come every year. What about, um, what about you, Mrs B? It's fucking shambles. <laughs> it's full of fucking dials. There'd better be some fucking eggs on off a sharpish or we are fucking leaving. Peter says, uh, sorry about uh, that, Oliver, you know, uh, the, the wife rejected Jesus recently, like, and has had a right knack on ever since, you know. It's only the eggs, like, you know, that uh, can keep us stable, really. Robert? Robert, we must get some eggs for Mrs B. What's your preference, Mrs B? Well, fucking poor cheese is best, like, then fried, then soft boilers, then scrambled, then hard boilers. And if you get poor cheese, make sure the yellow is very fucking runny. You know, like butterscotch fucking sauce. Come on, Robert, let's see what we can find. Peter says, uh, I'll, I'll come along too, uh, that's all right, uh, you know, to ensure the eggs, uh, just, you know, just so for the wife, right? Uh, is that all right, love? Aye, I'll be fucking glad of the break from you, you fucking creepy pricks. <laughs> so me, Peter and the alderman walk off to the main house, you know, in search of eggs for Mrs B. The alderman says, are you not a bit hot in that padded jacket, Peter? Um, ooh. I'm sorry to pull you up on that, Alderman, but this is not a padded jacket. It's a puffer puffer jacket. It's lightweight with a breathable mesh beneath the uh, puffer puffer chambers. But yeah, yeah, I am a bit fucking hot. Well, we enter the main building via like a back service door. And more or less, we're straight into the kitchen, Andy. Mm -hmm. No one around. I suppose the staff are all out in the big tent looking after all that, yeah. you know. So we start looking around for some eggs, and the alderman and Peter go into one of them big walk-in fridge things, you know, and have a poke around, and I have a poke around in the cupboards. Suddenly, Andy, I hear the fridge door slam shut, mm. yeah? And I hear, like, the click of it locking, you know? And I turn round, and there's this chef, you know, from Cape Town, the South African chef. He's got a meat cleaver in one hand. Fuck. And then, yeah. Imagine, I was really shocking. And an electric mixer in the other, and he says, "Get everything. 
What are you doing in my fucking kitchen? I says, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, not, mate. I'm, ju- I'm just looking for some eggs for Mrs. Beads's, Mr. Beads's wife. You know, she she gets a bit wayward if she doesn't have a fix. Beardsley, the bloke who has a problem with the young foreigns. <laughs> I says, yeah, well, we, you know, we don't know, <coughs> don't know that for for sure. <clears throat> he says, I'll tell you something for sure. And I don't say anything. He says, I'll tell you something for sure. He says, I said, I'll tell you something for fucking sure. I said, all right, you want me to say, ask what? (laughs) Right, so I said, oh, sorry, what? I'm glad to feed some kitchen utensils into your anus. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the big fridge, the Alderman and Peter are speaking. You know, they can't hear what's going on outside. Peter says, it seems like we've got locked in, you know. Um, Bob will fetch you in a minute, you know, he's a good lad. Well, Robert, better be quick about it. I'm freezing to death in here. Robert? Robert? Robert! But I can't hear a thing. The old man says, You're a lucky bastard, you, Peter, having that quilted jacket. Um, <laughs> look, ooh, ooh, uh, ooh. Look, um, I'm sorry to have to bring a couple of things to your attention, but one, I am not little. I'm actually taller than me mum. <laughs> and two, it is not a quilted jacket. It's a puffer puffer jacket. It has a zip and a press stud clothing, twin line pockets and a concealed hood. And yes, I am a very lucky bastard to have it. Suddenly Peter sees a tray of food on the shelf. What are you doing? What are you doing? Have you lost your marbles? No, I've not. I have sunk into a lumpy flux. <laughs> or to put it simply, I have just seen a tray of chicken wraps. <laughs> Peter grabs himself a wrap, right, and bites straight into it, you know. Yeah. Oh, that is bang on the money. That is like a nice watery Dutch tomatoes and lovely lumpy, lumpy chicken. Like a lovely lumpy chicken pillow. <laughs> I could stay for hours and forget all my pain. (laughs) Bloody hell. Robert! 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 Meanwhile, I'm back in the kitchen. Take your strides off and bend over the waste bin! Well, Andy, what am I meant to do, right? He's got a meat cleaver in his hand. You understand, don't you? I I sympathise, put it that way. I mean, what would you do? I'd just do as I was told. Exactly. Right, first off... Stop feeding the tea towel into your anus. Then the scaring bed and follow it with this gravy boat. Sorry, was it a cheap tea towel? I'm in the middle. I've got this. Did you not have a look? I didn't have a look. It was dirty. And follow it with this gravy boat right up. Well, Andy, I get the tea towel and the scouring pad up all right. Yeah. To be honest with you, but I'm struggling just with the size of the gravy boat, you know. Yeah. Obviously, I said, "Look, I'm really struggling here, mate. You know, do you think you could give it a shove with your foot?" And he says, "Well, he didn't like that, right?" And suddenly, he has um, the blade of his cleaver right resting on my forehead, right. <sighs> Get up, or I'll cut your forehead off. I said, "Look, would it would it be okay if I sat on it?" You know, because that would help, wouldn't it, Andy? It might force it up. Yeah, of course. And potentially break its handle? Now you can fuck off with that! 
I said, look, hey, I, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I just can't do it. Please, please don't remove me forward. I mean, like, I, I need it, like, you know, for resting against train windows. I don't understand why he's bothered about breaking or not. Well, you'd have to ask him, and I don't recommend it, Andrew. Mm-hmm. Um, well, that's with that, he raises up the cleaver, Andy, yeah? I close my eyes thinking, this is it. And then I hear a dull thud, like a... I don't know whether that's... It was duller than that, Andrew. Right. And he drops to the floor. Shit. There's Mrs B. What Whoa. the fuck are you doing with a gravy boat up your ass, you dirty little fucking pervert? Well, I explained to her that I was forced, you know, and why it happened, and I thank her for saving me. Yeah. Meanwhile, back in the fridge, Peter is trying to cheer up the alderman with some of his jokes, you know. So he said, mate, um, here's a couple of jokes, uh, you know, mate, take your mind off things. Like, he says, I had a mate, you know, quit his job, like, at the sewage works. He said it was boring just going through the motions every day. <laughs> My ass was really sore after a curry. The wife said, oh, all right, ring sting. I said, why, what would he be here <laughs> What would he be able to do? <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Robert, Robert, please, Robert, release me. Back in the kitchen. So, did you find any fucking eggs? I am gasping. And where's that fucking clown of a husband of mine? I tell him that tell her that the chef locked him in the fridge like you know what a fucking dial that bloke is. Get him out, will ya? Nice cock, by the way. <laughs> Peters is like a fucking chicken wing. So we get Peter the older <laughs> We get Peter the alderman out of the fridge. Oh I love Hey, look what I found in the fridge like it's a full box of hard boilers. Well, get the fucking peel, get them fucking peeled sharpish, because I want to eat them on this shit. Yes, love. You're a good lad. You're a good lad, Peter. <laughs> You're a good lad, Peter. Thick as a fart in a bottle. But you mean well. Thanks, love. So, all's well. Wow. That's well, isn't it? My God. Did you think, Andy? That story was a bit like Zero Dark Thirty, but, you know, instead of Bin Laden, it was eggs. That were after. A little bit. Hey, Peter Beasley's been in touch. Do you want to hear? Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Bob. It's about five in the morning here, and I'm stood on the toilet bowl, you know, staring out of a little window towards the rear of my house, you know. I've been here about, about ten minutes late, and it's proven to be a little cracker of a staring session. I can see right into the Albanian fella next door's garden from here and I can see he's got a couple of tomato-like grow bags that he hasn't even bothered planting up. More of that later, Bob. He's got a little trampette, you know, positioned to jumpy, jumpy, trampette, jumpy, you know, and he's positioned it, like, towards the rear of his lawn, near the entrance to his shed. 
I would imagine, you know, he glances down at it every time he exits or enters the shed. I certainly know that I would. Dog dirt. Anyway, Bob, me and the wife went to the garden centre the weekend, you know. It's just a bit out of town, so it's a nice drive for the both of us. Even though, you know, it's been freaking hot, at it, Bob, you know. But the wife still likes to put a picnic blanket on her lap, like, you know, so she can get a bit of an egg sweat on. Well, about halfway there, she asks if she can have her boilers. Peter, I feel the need for a couple of fucking travel boilers. Can you pull over, please? Uh, ooh, sorry, love. I can't just yet, you know. We're on the motorway and the hard shoulder is for emergencies only, you know. Well, this is a fucking emergency, you fucking dial. Pull over before I fucking lump you. OK, love. I'm sorry that I chose the motorway route and I'm sorry about the hard shoulder restrictions. Oh, shut up, you fanny basket, and pull over! So, you know, I pull over and hand my wife the Tupperware box with three boilers in it. She peels them all one by one and starts getting tucked in. Do you mind if I open the window, love? The boiler fumes are getting quite heavy-like, you know. Yes, I fucking do mind, you ignorant fuckwit. I'm in fucking heaven in this cloud of pure fucking egg gas. It's superb for loosening the mucus in me dodgy fucking lung. Well, whoa, whoopsie daisy, cos just at that moment, Bob, you know, I see some blue flashing lights, you know, behind us. Oh, I love it's the coppers. Ah, fuck them. We've done nothing wrong. Uh, ooh. Mm, yeah. Well, ooh, if you do remember, love, I did tell you that the hard shoulder, you know, is for emergencies only, like. Well, cut the taps on the window and indicate for me to open it. So, may I ask why you've stopped? Oh, my days, what's that stench? Are you carrying a cargo of tods for the Sunderland Todd Market? No, officer. I'm sorry, officer, that's me. I suffered terribly from the quick shits. I had to pull over and evacuate, as I suspected it was very fucking runny. I've had three boilers to bind me up, so we'll be on our way presently, like. Well, the officer's gagging with the stench, he's happy to buy the story, like. And so we move on. That was a close one, love. Shame that. I was going to ask if you fancied having coitus. <laughs> so, eventually... <laughs> so, eventually, you know, we arrive at the garden centre and the wife buys a packet of poachy pockets, an egg cuddler and a tea towel that says, I heart omelettes, you know. I'm sorry this is so long, and too, Bob. Tell, tell your mate, Andrew... <laughs> I buy a couple of tomato plants, you know, for the Albanian family next door, and then I have a ganja at the outdoor clothing. There's a puffer puffer style waistcoat there, but unlike my puffer puffer, it has a corduroy collar rather than puffer puffer material. 
I reject it as a purchase, but do take a photo of it to add to my puffer puffer Pinterest board. <laughs> I catch up with my wife uh, in the cafe and she's tucking into a five egg onion omelette. Did you order a chicken wrap for me, love? You know I love a chicken wrap when I'm out and about like... No, I fucking didn't. Sit down, you spooky fucking clown. Am I in trouble, love? No, you're not. Now, listen. You're a good lad, Peter. And I'm very grateful to you for these nice trips out. So take a look at this. So she hands me a paper packet and inside there's a lovely chicken wrap. Oh, Bob. It's a proper fat one, you know, with only lumpy, lumpy chicken with the black stripes on, you know. Oh, and the juices are soaked right into the wrap. I'm in heaven, like, you know. I do love you very much, pet, you know, and this has been a lovely day out. Well, I don't know about that. Now wrap it back up and get me fucking home. You can eat it in the driveway when we get back. Ah, thanks, love. So... That was a nice time, but like I said to the Al- like I said, the Albanian fella hasn't planted up the tomato plants I bought for him, so that's a bit of a kick in me face, really, isn't it? You know what I mean, Bob? Anyway, I'll do you a couple of Doctor Doctor jokes from my joke book, you know. So, man walks into the doctor's. Uh, doctor, doctor, I have five. Penises, you know. Blimey, says the doctor. How do your trousers fit? Like a glove. I said. <laughs> so I said to the, the doctor, you know, people keep taking the mick out of me, like, you know, because I think I'm a cricket ball. And the doctor says, how's that? I said, don't you fucking that. Doctor. Doctor, I, I just can't stop my hands shaking, you know. Well, do you drink a lot, Sunshine? Not really. I spill most of it. <laughs> so, I'll see you then, uh, Bob Snow, till next time. So, one Peter Beardsley. There's only one Peter Beardsley. One Peter Beardsley. See you, Bob. Oh, Peter there? Yeah. He's uh, having a good old stare. And a, a nice cameo appearance from Derek Geiler as well. Oh, <laughs> the, yes. <laughs> the policeman. <laughs> That's my go-to uh, person of authority to keep them light. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Security officer. Oh, Mr. McLaren. Uh, put, put the music off, shall I? Yeah, why not? <laughs> so that was a visit to the garden centre. That was nice. I'm still at home, you know, keeping my life taking over, like, whilst the bosses decide what to do with me, you know, I have to trouble with the foreign lads, like, you know. <laughs> so, I was sat on a bollard at the parade of shops the other day, having a good old stare at the garages opposite, you know. And I've got to think in about things in my life, you know, and, uh, from the past, like that uh, made me happy, you know. Don't do it. <laughs> you know, like me mum, you know, tickling me tummy when I was a nipper, like. 
nice new clean sheets on me bed lay on a Sunday, you know, when me mum did the weekly wash lay. Anyways, I, at about this point in the train of thought, one of the garage doors opened opposite, you know, and out comes Nick Nolte, you know, the singer-songwriter who does a bit of labouring on the side, like, you know. I shouted over as best I could, like, you know, Nick Nolte! Nick Nolte! Nick Nolte, give us a song, Nick Nolte! Oh, give us a song! Anyway, he, he heard it, so he gave us a thumbs up, thumbs up, like so. I shouted, it's my Peter Beatty, like, you know. Well, his eyes lit up, you know, because he likes his football, you know, and he comes over for a chat to have a little chat with me, like. All right, Peter, what the fuck are you doing here, sat on a bollard like a messy cunt? <laughs> oh, I was on the stair at the garages, you know, past the time till me wife needs her next egg hit, so what you do anyway? Um, is that where you live now, Nick? Nah, I just done a DIY SOS on the gaff. Called us in cos it's a shit hole. And we fucked about a bit and made it a much cleaner, brighter shit hole. SOS, you say, so what was the actual emergency? Ah, the Suncorp Monge or something, off a fox. They reckoned he might lose a limb if he didn't have a new kitchen units to operate and a new cornice in his bedroom. Nice one, then. Is he better now, like? He's a noisy little bastard, I'll tell you that. If noise generation is any indicator of well-being, then he's as fit as a trumpet as arsehole. Well, that is very good news, then. Hey, Nick, I was just wondering. My wife uh, really fancies you, mate, and a big fan of your half-singing. And uh, could I like, trouble you for an autograph, like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Says I would do better than that, son. Why don't we pop round and see her? I'm not due at the incredible recording studio for a couple of weeks. Oh, that would be amazing, like, you know. So, so, so we, we get in this bright white Range Rover, blasting out some Robert Palmer over the sound rig, and we drive round to my place, you know. Just as a footnote, Bob, those three minutes like, I spent next to Nick with him half singing along to every kind of people was the most energised I've felt since... You know, I purchased my new puffer puffer jacket uh, about 12 months ago, so I was a magic time, like, you know. So we get to my house, and the wife is in the front room watching police body cam show, you know. I asked Nick to hold back in the hallway. I said, hey, love, I've got a really nice surprise for you. Nick pokes his head round the door and says, Oi, oi, darling, you want to get plastered with Uncle Nick? Why is that fucking Cockney Doyle in my house? Have you asked him to botch it up to make me septic leg better? How fucking dare you? This place is a fucking palace. Yeah, but love, like, you know, I just thought, like... Well, don't fucking think you're Josie Wanker. 
If he is not out of this house in ten fucking seconds flat, I'll squeeze so much shine into this sofa <laughs> that you'll be cleaning it for two fucking months. So, whoops, I hope I hope fancy that. So, I hustle Nick out and uh, apologise for any misunderstanding. And he drives off down the street, blasting out when I need love, you know, and he'll say, and he half sings along like, you know, and he, ooh, ah. so back in the house, I'll say, sorry about that, love. I just brought him back so he can meet him, you know, he won't going to knock the house about and out. Fuck him and his spooky crow of bastards. But I thought you fancied him, love. Sit down, Peter. Am I in trouble, like? Just do as you fucking told you bucket of shite. <laughs> so, talk it down, you know, and the wife says, There's only one bloke I fancy, Peter. What? Oh, yeah, who's, who's that, then? You, you dozy get. Oh, thanks, darling. I do love you very much, you know. <laughs> I know, Peter. Yeah, good lad. <laughs> and like, with that, she pushes me on uh, my back and gives me tummy a lovely little tickle, you know, just like me mum used to. Now get in that fucking kitchen and knock us up a special platter. Oh, a special platter, love, right here. Yeah, that's two boilers, two fried with a five-egg onion on the roof. Correct. Now fuck off out of my sight. Oh, not a bad day, really, Bob. And um, in the spare room at the moment, reading some leaflets that came through the door, you know. So I suppose I might do, and well, do a few jokes for me uh, joke book before I go, like you know. So just pick up me joke book. Got it in. So Batman and Robin. Robin says to Batman, "Then Batman really won't start." Batman says, well, check the battery. Robin says, what's a Terry? Man in the interrogation room says, I'm not saying a word without my lawyer present. <laughs> you are the lawyer, says the policeman. Exactly, so where's my present? Replied the lawyer. <laughs> Did you hear about the fire at the campsite? The heat was intense. <laughs> I got sacked from my job at the back in the day. You know, I might, actually, uh, I might start doing accents, so I might do this like a scouser. I got sacked from my job at the back today. <laughs> An old lady came in and asked me to check a balance, so I pushed it over. One <coughs> <coughs> Peter Beardley. One Peter Beardsley, one Peter Beardsley, say Bob. So Peter met Nick Knowles. Lucky Peter. Yeah, got his house done out as well. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He didn't get. But his you house know, the, the promise was there. Kind of nice that his wife says she she fancies him really. It was a very emotional moment that yeah. I felt. Yeah. 
Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. I've had an update from Peter. I love you. Hear it. Well, winter's set in, you know, and I'm still stuck at home, yeah. you know, following the trouble with the foreign lads at the club, like, you know. So I thought I'd tell you a little bit about how I keep the house warm, you know, in the winter months, like. Well, I've got a gas-powered combi boiler in the kitchen. It provides hot water for the room radiators and the towel rail in the bathroom. So there you have it, like, that's how I keep warm. <laughs> if I'm, you know, going outside, you know, however briefly, I always slip on me puffer puffer jacket. If I'm just nipping out of the bin, I won't zip up like a puffer puffer jacket, but we'll just use the four press studs to secure the front. That is the beauty, uh, you know of having a dual fastening system on your puffer puffer jacket so that's a nice tip like you know if you're out and about puffer puffer shopping don't do it the other day like you know and I popped out to the bins I found a packet of pickled onion monster munching that the wife must have left in the puffer you know she often borrows it, like, in the hall, when she has to pop up the hospital, you know, to have a leg drained. So I stood in the hall and I had a, a couple, you know, and oh, they're lovely and crunchy, lovely, crunchy, crunchy, crunch, like, you know, when you eat them. Suddenly, like, I looked up and I'd obviously overdone the crunch action, like, because... There's the wife staring at me, you know, like I was the bloke off the plush net advert. You fucking thief! I could hear you crunching, even with police interceptors on full fucking pelt! So what the fuck do you think you're doing eating my fucking monster munch, you creepy little clown? Uh, ooh. I'm sorry I've interrupted the uh, viewing with me heavy crunching and the munching. <laughs> and I'm sorry, you know, if I might appear a bit spooky here in the hall, but you, you know, surely as I purchased uh, the crunch monsters, you can't call me a faith with, uh, you know, any degree of, um, you know, any degree of 
Uh, you, uh, you, you know what I mean, love, like. Don't fucking talk back at me, you fucking dial, or I'll give you another fucking foster home haircut. I'm sorry, love, like. Now get your fucking sorry ass down the offy and get me two more bags of fucking pickled munchies. Yes, no, I'm uh, sorry, love, like, you know, uh, anything else that I could get you? Ah, yeah, yeah, fucking right. Get us a bottle of eggnog and a bottle of advocate to wash down me fucking night porches. Uh, okay, love. And make sure the eggnog is very fucking viscous. I don't want any of that cheap runny muck, you fucking sheep faced shit. <laughs> so, you know, there you go, really. Uh, lesson for everyone there, you, you know, not to take what doesn't actually belong to you, you know. Anyway, fast forward, Bob, and it's <coughs> the middle of the day, and I'm sat on quite a low wall opposite the chemist eating a chicken wrap and having a good old stare about. I love chicken wraps, mate. I think it's like the lumpy, lumpy chicken, really, what gets me loved up, you know. So, what can I say around me? I can see quite a few Cadbury's celebration rappers by me feet. That's very nice. It hints at good times. <laughs> On the grass verge, I can see a thin, like browny yellow mushroom. So it's obviously seen better days. There's a poster on a uh, bus stop about the local panto. It's Peter Pan, it is, and it stars Dick out there, Dick and Dom. I hope Dom isn't upset, like, you know. Hope he isn't stuck at home worrying about stuff, you know. Anyway, um, Bob, I've got my little joke book out with me, so I'll just do it, yeah. Jokes, you know, before I go, so here goes, and hope you like them, you know. I see eggs are going up again. That will surprise a few chickens. <laughs> I had the snip, you know, of a second of me, like, because I didn't want any kids. Uh, but when I got home, they were still there. <laughs> I was in the cemetery, right, and I saw a bloke get up from behind the gravestone. Morning, I said, no, I'm just having a shit, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's all really, Bob, so. One Peter Beardsley, there's only one Peter Beardsley. Uh, see you, Bob. Well, Peter there, oh. out and about, opposite the chemist. Nice to catch up with him. Hey, um, that pantomime with Dick out with Dick and Dom in. Yeah. My son's in that. You're kidding me, are My on. son is one of the lost boys in Peter Pan this oh, Christmas well, good at the Sunland Empire. Have you seen him rehearsing it? Or? He hasn't started rehearsing yet. He's got a very, very tough schedule, both rehearsal and... Has he got it, speaking part? Um, I don't think he has. He just like, runs about a bit. It's a start, He's though, isn't it? lost boys, but uh, two shows a day. Hard work. Oh, well, it'd be good for, for him, little, that, though, For a little young'un. 
I've negotiated a good deal as well, so we're all doing very nicely out of it. What, you're getting dippers? For Aye, getting, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God. <laughs> I don't know uh, whether you have ever noticed, but... There's, like, you know, a real beauty all around us. And if you just take the time to look, you know, and have a, a good stare around, like... You know, for example, you know, the grass verge, like, you know, between the pavement and the road, like, you can often spot, like, a little solid, solitary buttercup, you know, sort of trying to make a life for itself all on its own, you know, a bright foil water, like, from a chocolate bar. Yummy, yummy, that was lovely, that bar, the child might have said, as he got a, a nice chocolatey hit from his boost bar or something. A pigeon, you know, like, sat on a telephone wire, chirping away, sort of like, my shoes hurt, my shoes hurt. You know, he probably, I'm only imagining it, like, but he might be hoping, you know, that a uh, uh, pigeon cobbler might pass by and ease his troubles. You just have, you know, to know how to look to savour these things, really. Dog dirt. So... <clears throat> But the other day, like, I, I was hiding in the downstairs broom cupboard because the wife had got a right fart on about a new doctor, you know. Apparently, he was very, very rough when he inserted the, the pipe that drains her leg juices, you know. She reckons that the training probably wasn't as good in his country, like... I mean, who knows? It is definitely a no comment from me in that respect. <laughs> so I was looking at me face in the mirror, and after a few moments, me face sort of like changed, you know, to my face when I was just a young lad, like, and I had my whole night life ahead of me, and I had a big warm grin on my face, you know, and my eyes were all sparkly and bright. I know you're hiding in there, you fucking sneaky bastard. Open up this door, I'll fucking lump you. From here to fucking here to fucking Provence. Having you on it fucking breast. So, oh, I thought, dear, ooh, whoops, I'd better open the door, you know. Hello, love. I was just pushing a, a tow carriage to Roker. Is, is there something I can help you with, my darling? Don't you fucking turn the charm on with me, you fucking dial. I'm waiting for me doctor's day double-decker scrambled in Porchy Tower. All right, love. I'll get on straight away, my precious darling from heaven. <laughs> What's with the fucking fancy talk? You seen an educated bird behind my back, you little fucking midnight creeper? Oh, I told me daft love. Who would ever have me with these dozy air cuts you make me have? <laughs> oh, that's a fucking good point, like. 
You do look like an Albanian fucking cobbler. Now, where's my fucking tower of oval power? And make sure where the porches are very fucking ruddy. So I did a doctor's day double decker and she ate it on the sofa while watching UK border Fox. <laughs> Peter, Peter, come and stand by the sofa. <laughs> oh, God, what, what am I in trouble, like? No, you're not. Uh, good luck, Peter. Those porches were shit hot. Totally and thoroughly shit hot. Now listen. On the way back from the doctors, I burped a slug up on your sleeve of your puffage, puffage jacket. You'd better go and wash it off before it fucking hardens. Um, okay, well, thank you for telling me, you know. So I went back into the bathroom and watched the sleeve of me puffer puffer jacket, you know. And as I did so, I stared into the mirror again, but I couldn't see the young Peter anymore, you know. Anyway, Bob, I'll tell you a couple of jokes, you know, from me joke book. Did you hear about the two blokes uh, who stole a calendar? They each got six months. Uh, just a daft one, that like. So, a woman gets on a bus, you know, on the bus with her baby, like, and, and the driver says, Jesus wept, that's the ugliest baby that I've ever seen. So she is very upset and when she sits down she tells the lady next to her and the lady says, you, you should not take that, you know, go and rip him a strip like, go on, I'll hold your monkey for you. <laughs> so, I was walking down the street the other day like, you know, and uh, I broke the... Uh, pack of butter, a pint of milk and a lump of cheese at me. How dare he? <laughs> dare he, like, you know. So, I'm off now, right, to go and start me neighbour's new downpipe for a bit, so I'll tell you, Bob. Nice. Peter's given me his Christmas message, Andrew. Oh, is he? Okay. Are you interested? Well, I'm very always interested. Have in an me. early Peter. Let's call it an early Peter. Right, okay. Here we go then. All right, Bob. Well, Christmas certainly is a magical time of the year, like you know, and it's a time of goodwill and all the lads and lasses, like you know, and uh, time to. Uh, Reflect on your life, you know, like you're in an attitude of gratitude. <laughs> For example, like, you know, I sleep on a single mattress in the spare room that used to be my son's bunk bed, like, you know, and it's taken on a perfect dip in the shape of my body, and I am very grateful for that, like, you know. 
The spare room, like, it's only small, you know, but it does have a window overlooking the uh, back garden for me to have a good old stair through. And I am very grateful for that. So, and uh, also on the shelf, like, there's a shelf on the wall, you know, where I keep my football books and my unusual egg cup collection. If not, and you know, I'm out shopping and I, and I come across a, an egg cup that makes me think, oh, that's unusual. Then I add it to my unusual egg cup collection. I have seven at the moment, and my favourite, like, is a camel where the uh, egg sits, where you know where the camel's hump would usually be. And I am very grateful for how unusual that egg cup is. <laughs> so I'll just be but I'll just be having like you know a quiet Christmas looking after the wife so last Christmas was a strange one Bob I woke up early and uh, crept downstairs like a midnight creeper <laughs> to fill man and the wife's stockings like you know nuts tweezers for her legs like <laughs> Funny cardboard shapes, you know, like monster shaped or spaceship shaped tracker bars, you know, the usual like tatting that, you know. And I put a present under the tree. But I don't know this, like, that there wasn't a present from the, the wife to me, so I thought, oh, it, it's probably just like a bluff, you know, okay? a bluff. Make me think I ain't not getting a present, like, oh, yuck, oh. So then I went in the kitchen, like, you know, to prepare the wife a Christmas morning nativity eggs. It's something that I invented, like, off the telly. I do a nice, firm five-egg omelette, like, you know, to represent the floor of the stable, and on top of that three hard boilers to represent the three wise foreign blokes. Then I make a mound of scrambled and put a little dip in to represent the manger. Then, of course, for Jesus' baby, I place a nice runny porch in the dip. Oh, Bob, man, it's fucking fantastic sight. It really is, you know. So I put my Christmas paper hat on and I go upstairs and tip, tip, tap, tap on the bedroom door and I sing... Away in an eggy manger, little eggy Jesus lay. Shut the fuck up, will ya, you little hallway creeper? I'm draining me leg in here and it's fucking tat. Uh, uh, but I go in the room like, but love, I've bought you Christmas nativity eggs like. I'm not fucking interested, you spooky bastard. As far as I'm concerned, Christmas can fuck off back to Israel and take its fucking sticky dates and turkey slices with it. Yeah, but, but love you, know, I spent ages. Don't fucking talk back at me, you little shit stainer, and take that fucking dozy hat off. You look like a fucking Albanian coach driver in a sex hotel. Do a bit later, but so what shall I do with the eggs, love? You can fart on them as far as I'm concerned. Now get into your room and stare out your fucking window and keep out of my fucking sight until I shout at you. <laughs> uh, so is that it, love? Like, is that 
Christmas is uh, you know, cancelled and that. That's the fucking long and short of it. There's back to back. F- <laughs> There's back to back Border Force New Fucking Zealand on Quest Channel. So I'm just fucking sweet, thank you. Oh, oh dear. So I go back into my room like she told you know, and I put the nativity eggs on my bed and start to have a nice Christmas stare out of the window. You know, and I'm sad like about not having a proper Christmas. <coughs> and then I see a little robin on a branch, twitching and like looking back at me. And I am very grateful to that robin for giving me a nice cheer up, you know. Suddenly I heard the wife at the door like, you know. Open the fucking window, you slack bastard. It fucking stinks of batter in here. Uh, I'd rather not love, you know, it's like... Just do as you told her, a fucking lamb, yeah. From here to fucking boy de Boulogne. Garden was your best. <laughs> oh, sorry, love, sorry. So I open the window and instantly I see a blue cord has been nailed to the window ledge. Pull on it, you little shit bloke. (laughs) I do, and uh, on the other end is a big brown paper wrap parcel. Oh, boy, is this for me, love? Well, who do you think it's fucking for? The fella from the Plusnet adverts, fucking hell. Man, you it could be. He's nearly as fucking bland as you. (laughs) So I open up the parcel, and what do you know, Bob? It's a lovely new bright blue Puffer puffer jacket. Oh, lovely. this is wonderful present. Thank you so much. Aye, I knew you'd fucking like it. It's got a concealed hood, adjustable cuffs, and a very fucking robust zip. You can wear it when you go out and about staring. Now check in the pocket, you j- dreary fuck. Well, Bob, would you believe it? Like, you know, inside one pocket is a festive chicken wrap with chestnut and sage stuffing and the most lovely, lumpy, lumpy, oh, so lumpy chicken that you could ever imagine. And in the other pocket is an egg cup. That's unusual, I think. And instantly, I know that I will be adding it to my unusual collection. This is turning out to be the best Christmas ever, love. You'll need to give that puffer sleeve a wipe down. I coughed up a fucking trout when I was grabbing it. (laughs) Oh, that's okay, love. I'll go and do that now. Hey, I'm not finished yet. Come and sit on the fucking bed by me. Oh, am I in trouble, love? No. You're a good lad, Pete. Now, go on. Have a quick go on me fronties while I took it to these eggs. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Uh, Merry Christmas, love. So, well, that was last year, and I am very grateful for that lovely memory. Well, I'm off to the chemist in a minute, you know, to look at the Christmas display. Well, I'll just tell you a few jokes from me joke book night before I get going, you know. So, I met a bloke at the garage yesterday called William L. <laughs> what the odds of that happening? <laughs> I, 
also uh, met the bloke who invented the, uh, the windowsill. Absolute ledge. <laughs> so, have, have you... Hey, mate, uh, have you tried that new coconut shampoo? Oh, it leaves your coconuts looking fabulous, like. <laughs> so... Big game at Longleat Safari Park today. <laughs> so, happy Christmas, Bobby and I. I'll leave you, leave you go and enjoy it with your family and that. So, one Peter Beasley, one Peter Beasley, one Peter Beasley. So that's Peter. Nice Christmas he had last year then. Yeah. Border Force New Fucking Zealand. (laughs) That sounds good. Back to back as well. Yeah. All right, Mob. And uh, Happy New Year to you and your mate. So I'm sat here on the ring road like by the retail park where I've been shopping for bargains in the uh, New Year sales like you know just passing time really cause I'm in all sorts of uh, shit like you with the wife and uh, not really welcome back home just at the moment like you know and she took me car keys and she Give me favourite puffer puffer jacket to the bloke who lives opposite, you know, the one with the massive cyst on his shoulder and the barrel of daffodils laid by his carriage door, you know. Anyway, so, so the sales there are pretty good, like, you know, and I got mainly electrical stuff from Pifco, Pifco brand. I got a Pifco electric over blanket. I'm going to look in my bag like I got a Pifco heated portable clothes dryer, a 800 watt Pifco dehumidifier, a Pifco 1600 watt fanator, a rechargeable handheld garment steamer, which is also by Pifco. <laughs> I think, you know, that Pifco is a good compromise, like, you know, between cost and quality. Like, the lads there at Pifco have really got their operation just about right, so... <laughs> so, well done, Pifco. <laughs> you know, each time, like, I make a purchase, I get a little rush of happiness but it soon goes really not yet anyway I suppose better tell you about me current predicament regarding a wife like you know (laughs) it all started on New Year Eve when out of the blue the wife asked me if I was going to Mike Ashley's New Year's Eve party, right? Well, this was very unexpected, right? Because I haven't gone for the last ten years, even though secretly I would like 
would have loved to, like, you know. No, I, I don't think I'll bother, love. I'd rather just have a quiet night up in me room than bring you your New Year's egg board at midnight, you know. Oh, don't be such a fucking miserable and shit man, Peter. Get yourself there. I've got back-to-back border control JF fucking K to watch, and I don't want you scrutting about on me fronties whilst I'm watching. Ooh. Well, no, I mean, are you sure, love, like? Yes, I'm fucking sure, you dreary prick. Oh, uh, thanks, love. Um, no. Oh, wow. I'll lay out a boiler trail on the arm of your settee for you, like, you know. Have you got plenty salt and pepper in your slippers? Are you still fucking here? I am. So, whoops, sorry, though, right? So, oh, I'm so excited, like, Bob. And I go into my room and I flatten my fringe nice and flush with my forehead, using my Pifkel air press by Pifkel. Then I quickly change into me tight yellow v-neck cashmere and light blue airline slacks and my pointy midnight creeper dance shoes. On with my puffer puffer jacket and I am away into the night. <laughs> See you lover, I want me late. Like I give a flying fuck in a hailstorm. Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Well, the party is in full swing and I arrive. Mr Ashley, who incidentally I respect more than any man on earth, has tied an Alsatian to his back, like, you know, for, for fun and that. Alan Shearer is describing everything that has just happened, exactly how it did happen. <laughs> and Robson Green is under the sofa shaking hands with a little Russian mouse. <laughs> Anyway, as kind of usual, I find myself alone in the kitchen, hovering round the snacks, and, oh, but when I see it, I, oh, it's a chicken wrap that is so plump and bulbous that it could be mistaken for a flat goose. I pick it up, and it's as heavy as a chimp's hand. One bite, and I am totally besotted like the chicken is a lovely lumpy lovely lumpy lump as a chod farm the lettuce is as crispy crunch crispy as an angel's frozen wing and the wrap is as forgiving as Gandhi's chiropodist I love a chicken wrap me you know suddenly there's a tap on my shoulder and I turn to see a beautiful blonde lass in what I can only describe as a sexy outfit. Eee, that rap looks beautiful. It looks terrifically lumpy. Eee, I love my chicken lumpy, same as I like my testicles. <laughs> well, Bob, I am totally besotted, you know. Wow. Would you like a bite, love? I'm afraid this was the last one, like, you know. Eee, I wouldn't all. You hold it up for a while, and I'll take a good old lumpy munch. Oh, that's a bumpy, chunky, lumpy treat, isn't it? I like your hairstyle. Who cuts it for a? No, it's this old 
Albanian block and biker like he's a cobbler by trade, but he's got steady hand in the afternoon, and I'm pretty pleased with the look, you know. Aye, it's nice. It makes you look like you could handle a plough, you know, I see drill like. <laughs> so we talked for a while, and it turns out she owns a pitiful heated mattress cover, and, well, at this point, I have to admit, but I'm very taken with this lady. Suddenly, though, I am in... It is very long, isn't it, Andy? Are you drifting off? No, I'm fine. Suddenly, though, I am in a panic as she declares that she has to leave and return to her Riverside apartment. Her taxi is on the way. I offer to walk her to curbside like, and would you believe it, Bob? She puts on a burnt orange puffer puffer with integrated puffer puffer money belt. Detachable puffer, puffer, rain hood, and a zip so robust you could tether a puppy to it. Well, we are out waiting by the curb, like you know, for the taxi. When she looks me in the eye and asks if I would like to come back to her apartment, you know, to see in the new year. My mouth is dry as I blurt out. Yet I would like that very much, you know. <laughs> then I hear you. You fucking dirty, cheating, little spooky fucking dial. How fucking dare you? And my wife emerges from behind the... Behind the deciduous bush. <laughs> oh, shitty. Not what you're thinking, love. Don't fucking tell me what I'm thinking, you fucking creepy bitch. I ought to fucking lump you to Avignon and back. Dijon at fucking best. Then she hands the lad last 50 quid, you know, and then the last just walks off like, you know. <laughs> well, what's going on? Well, I don't really understand. I fucking set you up. <laughs> that tart is a fucking honeypot for hire. And she trapped you hook, line and fucking limpet. You will fucking pay for this. So the taxi came and took us home and we haven't spoken since, like, you know. And I slipped a couple of fried under her bedroom door, but she just kicks them back out with her, like a coughed up lung slung on the broken yoke, you know. She opened her door when I passed once and just flicked some leg juices in my face. You know, like that Silent of the Lambs film, like, you know. So here I am at the retail park waiting for a bus. It's funny, you know, Bob, yeah. Often you don't really know what you've got till it's gone, like, you know, the coaching job. The wife, like, you know. Me nice wind that uh, stare out of without me churning, me stomach churning like ten to the dozen. Oh, dear. I, I mean, I'm sure she'll come round, like, you know. I, I mean, I'm not going to mention entrapment for a while yet, like. So I hope you had a better start uh, of the year, Bob. I'll leave you with a few jokes that were in me Christmas crackers that me and the wife pulled before it all went Todd shaped like you know. What do you get like if you eat Christmas decorations? 
tinselitis. What as for wheels and flies? Uh, bin lorry. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be honest, Bob, uh, my heart's not really in this, so I'll see you, Bob, and happy new year to you and your mate, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, that's a bit of a shame for him. Isn't oh, it? that was uh, that was heartbreaking. In What's places. his wife thinking? Well, setting yeah, him know, up like that. You know that that sort of thing goes on. The honey tra- honey trap business, I believe, is a multi-million dollar industry. You kidding days. me? I work as a honey trap now and again. Do you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. weekends. Because you're gorgeous. Exactly. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.